everybody, it's the rewind for the whoa, month of whoa, hold on, hold on there. What? Pull, pull back, pull back on that horse. Uh, why is your voice so echoey? What's happening right now? Oh, uh, well, I was going to get to that after I did the intro because it's the month of July, 2022. I'm Paul. That's Nathan. This is the rewind. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Well, Nathan, as you know, I was on vacation last month, which is why the show is a little bit late this month. I missed you. And I went to Newfoundland. Uh, which is a, a province in Canada. And I fell in love with this town called Elliston. Mm. And wouldn't you know it, I bought a home here. I have a summer home wow. in Elliston, uh, Newfoundland. That's crazy. But to, to sort of answer your question, uh, well, the reason why it's echoey is because it's, it's not a home per se. Uh, it's, actually a, it's actually a root cellar. See, so because Alliston is the root seller capital of the world, and you know, I, I don't really have so much cash that I can just buy a summer home, you know, like Elon Musk. Yeah, of course. So I, I bought a root seller, which is, um, you know, it's a little echoey, but, but, you know, it only costs 20K. So yeah, this is my summer root seller in Alliston, Newfoundland. Wow, that's, uh, that's a very smart investment there, Paul. It isn't, an, you know what? Thank you. It is an investment. It is smart. And uh, I'm loving it, right? I get the fresh, I get the fresh sea air in my face. And look at this here. Look at that. You see this, right? Oh, I'm holding it up to you. It's a potato because this is a root cellar. That's a nice potato. Yeah, exactly. Watch this. Watch this. You're eating a potato raw. Okay. Okay. That is old. That is an old potato. Yeah, don't do that. Oh. How do you, uh, yeah, yeah, I would be, I would be spitting it out to you. Okay. That was disgusting. How would you be getting that, that nice sea breeze when you're in a cellar? You have to understand. I don't know. Cause you can't see it. It's so dark here because this is, there's literally no lights in this place yet. I'm going to add a lot of this stuff in. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's literally the first week here. Um, but uh, yeah, there's just, just a door, you know, cause all this is, is a hole in the ground with a door. Yeah. Yeah. And a pipe for air. Right. So when I close it at night, I'm not suffocating. For $20,000. You know, Canadian, which is really like $20 American, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's a deal. I mean, the person who sold it to me was, kept telling me that this is a deal. I couldn't understand a word they were saying because the accent here is just, it's, I don't even know what they're saying half the time. It is literally gibberish. But uh, I mean, come on, it's my summer home. I have one question. Mm -hmm. Will you be preserving food and salting fish? For the coming winter. No, I plan to, once I get electricity in here, I plan to put like a, like a wine fridge in the corner. Cause that's about all the space I have, uh, for like a refrigeration unit. Well, actually Allison doesn't have a supermarket per se. So I do have to drive about 40 minutes North to this place called Bonavista. Vista. Uh, and so they have a, a food land where I can get some food, but you know, otherwise it's great, you know? By the way, could you just point out, there's a rock that I can mostly see through the crack of my door. That it's a rock of puffins. There are just puffins and pufflings right now nesting because it's their nesting season or whatever. So there's just tons of puffins everywhere. I don't think puffins fly. Are they one of the flying birds or not flying birds? They do. Yeah, no, they fly. Yeah, they fly. Can they? Yeah. Because they just look like pretty penguins. No, they fly. They don't fly very far, but they fly. You know, now that I'm a local, I'm steeped in all the knowledge. <laughs> Might as well call me a puffinologist because I, I know everything about puffins that there is to know. <laughs> Congrats on buying a dungeon. We're not here to talk about my summer home. No, we're not. We're here to talk about the news. Yeah, I have a purpose. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do the news. Uh, 
I thought you were gonna spit that out. No, don't eat the potato. No, this this is a radish that I found. Uh, even worse. Now that I think about it, these things are supposed to be preserved in the winter. I don't, I don't, <sighs> I don't think it's refreshed. Oh, You've, it's just like really watery, which is I don't think that's that's right for this particular vegetable. You've gone and done it, Paul, once again. What have I done? I don't even know. <laughs> All right, Nathan, what's going on in the news, buddy? Well, from CNBC.com, a chess-playing robot fractured the finger of its seven-year-old opponent doing a tournament in Moscow last week. Mm-hmm. Okay. The incident happened after the boy hurried the artificial intelligence-powered robot. The president of the Moscow Chess Federation told the Russian state news agency TASS. Uh, the robot, robot broke the child's finger. This, of course, is bad, uh, Sergei Lazarev said. Was the child a Ukrainian child? Y- you'd think, right? I don't think. I ask. Nah, I think they're both Russian. That robot, too. I guess there's nothing going on in Russia now with this war and the fact that they've been completely cut off from the rest of the world, so they're just playing chess with robots. It's pretty much all they can do. Here's my question for you, and I know you haven't read this yet, so I understand that you have no answer. Of course I have. How did the robot get to the finger, right? So was the child like holding it out? Did the robot swipe at him? What, what happened here? Is this, is this the beginning of the robot revolution? It could be. There is a video, and it shows that uh, the machine was reaching for and grabbing one of the boy's chess pieces, okay? Uh, and quickly discarding it from the board. Uh, before the robot's arm retracted, the boy attempted to make another move, uh, pushing one of his rooks into the same place as a recently removed piece. And therefore, the robot, I think, just thought that he was reaching for his piece and just took his finger and broke it. Mm-hmm. I like how you pause when you said the robot thought, because who knows if it was thinking. <laughs> robot revolution, Paul. Yeah, I mean, sooner or later, even chess was going to start to get violent. And here we are. I think it meant to go make an, uh, its next move, but instead uh, grab the boy's finger in error and then <laughs> broke it. No, I, I, we understand that. All right. Very good. Mm-hmm. Good, good for the robot, uh, bad for the child. Maybe the uh, robot was Ukrainian. Yeah, I already made that joke. All right, moving on. Well... From K4.com in Oklahoma City, many airline passengers cringe when they hear crying babies on board. But how about a gobbling turkey? (laughs) That really happened aboard a recent Delta flight, Paul. The passenger provided papers proving the turkey was indeed their emotional support animal. So Delta held the bird on board and even gave it its own seat. Uh, There was a picture actually that was posted. And uh, received more than 1,700 comments, including one from Reddit user Unclimplimpy, who is friends with the pilot who captured his own turkey photo. It shows the turkey receiving VIP treatment as it rolled through the airport on a wheelchair. (laughs) That's stupid. It's a turkey. Come on. They said turkeys couldn't fly. Now look at them. (laughs) Well, uh, the airline's policies state that animals have to behave in a tame manner and must smell clean. So I don't know, I don't know how you get a turkey to behave, but I guess, you know, being an emotional support animal that, uh, it's got some training, I would hope. I wonder if there was anyone on that flight that was just staring at that turkey and then like, uh, like in a Looney Tunes, the turkey was just replaced by a cooked dinner, you know, <laughs> I wonder how many people were, were just thinking like, well, I could eat that right now. 
Well, from emotional support animal to domestic animal, I guess it's the same thing almost. Domestic pet, domestic animal. Either way, uh, from blogto.com, Toronto City Council is mulling over the idea of proposing a bylaw change, potentially forcing pet owners to leash their cat when cats are exploring the great outdoors by themselves. The motion, discussed on July 6th, aims to protect cats from being victims of car accidents and being killed by other animals, but also to protect ecosystems and animals like songbirds. Bylaw has been proposed to state that no owner of an animal other than a pigeon shall cause or permit the animal to be at large in the city. So the, let me get this straight. The proposal is that if you own a cat that you let outside, you have to somehow have it on a leash. Every time. Meaning that the cat won't be able to go anywhere. Like, like the dog that's leashed in the front yard, it will just hit the length of the rope and then bounce back and then that's it. Yep. I'm okay with that. Yeah. We don't have much cats out here in the, uh, in the Maritimes, but if we did, I would like them to be leashed as well. I heard that I think annually cats are responsible for over a billion uh, bird deaths in North America, obviously, because they're, they're predatory animals. They're small, but you know, when they get outside by themselves, their, their instincts kick in. So I guess just in this city, we'll curb that a bit. Yeah, I have no idea if we have a government in Elliston. Uh, there's only 300 people here, but uh, I'm going to find it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask them to make that a bylaw for sure. Moving on. No, oh, wait, wait, hold on. That's yeah, a rat. Hold on. Just read it. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> get out of here. Get away from my rutabagas. <laughs> out. Out. Well, as Paul. Uh, Hurries and scurries a rat out of his midst uh, from TMZ.com. Monkeys are terrorizing residents in a Japanese city, targeting young children and babies, and even hanging out at preschools to grab them. What is happening here? The, the wild scene is playing out in the city of Yamaguchi in southern southwestern Japan where city officials say a troop of monkeys has been carrying out the attacks since July 8th, biting and clawing at human flesh and sneaking into nurseries to try and snatch babies. It's a huge problem. The attacks involve at least 58 people, and the city is responding by hiring a special unit uh, to hunt the monkeys with tranquilizers, the 15-pound monkey already being caught and killed. That tranquilizer really worked, huh? Yeah, yeah. Actually, the story gets even wilder. Uh, Weirder? Wielder? Weirder. Yeah, weirder, I think. Officials say the monkeys aren't interested in food, actually. So traps aren't working. And they're mostly going after children and the elderly as well, after sneaking up from behind and grabbing people's legs. I like how someone put a SWAT team together to take out monkeys. <laughs> and also, I imagine that the monkeys look like greasers from like 19, the 1950s. Like they have. The- are you putting monkeys that are snatching babies and John Travolta? How are you putting that together? I just imagine that they're just. You know, they're, they're just, that's, greasers used to be the scariest thing ever in society, right? Wild kids running around in leather jackets and slick back hair, you know, with little pocket knives cutting people. Did you ever read The Outsiders? No. Well, read it. This is why I don't get your, your references sometimes. Maybe you're just more cultured than I am. I guess I am. Yeah. Hmm. Well, not everyone has a summer home, you know? That's a cellar, basically. Get out of here! Oh, they're back. <laughs> Get out! 
You know what? I could loan you my two cats and they could take care of that problem. No, you keep your cats on a leash. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Next story, please. Well, from abcnews.go.com, an American tourist had to be rescued on Mount Vesuvius near Naples in Rome uh, after he apparently slipped into the Italian volcano's crater while trying to recover his fallen cell phone. News reports in the Association of Vesuvius Park Guides said. There's a group of Vesuvius Park Guides? Hmm. The tourist and family members were cited by a Carabinieri police because they went off the authorized path to get closer to the crater on Saturday afternoon. Apparently to take a selfie, of course. The head of the con- These words. Confiscercenti- Tourism Association for Vesuvius, Paolo Capelli, said four volcano guys responded immediately after one noticed the tourist. Wait a minute. The, the, the article says four volcano guys? Yeah. Yeah, four volcano guys. No, it doesn't. No, guides. I said guides. <laughs> you didn't say four. You said four volcano guys. Yo, hey, with the volcano guys, get out of my hole. Yeah, we'll take <laughs> your cell phone. You ain't getting this shit back. Come into our hole, will you? Well, they had to get him out, and I I think he suffered some abrasions on his legs, arm, and back, and that's it. Yep. Yeah, next time you're standing next to a crater and you want to take a selfie... Don't. You know, take a moment to reflect on how much casualty you might want to endure to take <laughs> said photo, right? If it involves falling, potentially killing yourself, maybe don't take it. Maybe step back and just accept the angle that you're given within the, you know, proposed border. Yeah. At the site. Some people want the perfect shot, Paul, even if that means falling into a crater. Some people, that's true. Some people do want the perfect shot, yeah. All right, from people.com, two men were rushed to the hospital after an explosion at Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop store in Sag Harbor Village, New York. Sag Harbor Village Chief of Police Austin J. McGuire told people the incident occurred at Goop's 4 Bay Street location on June 25th during a small event taking place. Upon arrival, he said he was informed that stone candle holders were being filled with rubbing alcohol. That's smart. The event goers were using this method to melt marshmallows for s'mores. Oh, one of the event managers reportedly had seen this technique used on social media. Of course, that's where we find all of our fun things to do. I saw a really great way to take a picture of a crater on social media. I think so. Over too much rubbing alcohol was added to the candle holders before the flames were completely extinguished, causing the explosion. Hasn't Gwyneth Paltrow caused enough damage? Yeah. Wasn't she an Iron Man 2? And 3. I don't don't like that she's doing these things, blowing people up like this. You think that she told him to do it? No publicity is bad publicity. Some publicity is good publicity. If you're going to blow a couple people up, people are going to you know, pay attention to you. Maybe come buy stuff. What you're saying is, is that because no one's been talking about Gwyneth Paltrow yep. for some time now. Remember the last time I think they talked about her was when she was selling eggs that you, you put up the vagina? Oh yeah. I remember that story. But it's been a while, right? Yeah, it has been. So are you saying that she needs, she needs some news so she generated this I think so. Quote unquote controversy to get back in the headlines. Yeah, I think so. Okay, I see. When you sent me this story, because um, I don't always do my own work. You know, I, knew, I know you help out once in a while. Someone has to do the work. I, I read, I read the, uh, the, 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 the title 
the, the headline a little too fast. And I thought Gwyneth Paltrow had caught on fire. I'm like, this is going to be the best story I'm ever going to read. But it was just two men that got yeah. on fire. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry to, <laughs> sorry to ruin your dreams. You burst my bubble. I burst your candle holder. You did. You did. Never buying anything from that store. Moving on. From HuffPost.com. As my browser loads. You know what? That should be the title of your book. <laughs> as my browser as loads. As my browser loads. The Nathan Pepper autobiography. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's a wonderful idea. Oh, I need to. I, let's, let's, let's do that. In print. Like Penguin Publishing or something. Oh, yeah. A recent carnival cruise packed an unexpected punch. A huge fight that took place among a crowd of passengers aboard the Carnival Magic was allegedly ignited by allegations of cheating, according to a passenger who shared video of the fight with Fox News Digital. An alleged threesome among guests aboard the vessel caused a rift after one person's significant others discovered the tryst on the trip. Tryst, by the way. I know. Just sometimes I I read things in different ways than others. I don't think to understand things. Maybe not yet. Uh, the onlooker, Teresa James, who identified herself as a travel agent, said she saw the fight from her cabin door. She told the Fox News outlet that the, that the melee uh, began around 2 a.m. near the ship's dance club and casino on the fifth floor. She described the passengers who sparked the fight as ignorant fools acting stupid. The brawl lasted about an hour and involved an estimated 60 people, according to the travel agent. Wow. This sounds like one of those golden age of movies fights. You know, when uh, someone walks into a bar and swings up one guy, and the next thing you know, the whole the whole place just becomes... Everyone goes out. A battle, you know, like someone takes a dude and like runs him across the table and breaks all the champagne glasses. <laughs> and beer bottle to the face and guns yeah. are pulled and people die. Yeah, I, I, I want to chalk this up to uh, just uh, cabin fever, I guess you want to call it boat fever, whatever. If you're out there for 40 days in the open seas, you know, stuff just starts to get weird. And mm. This is an example of that. I don't think I could do a cruise like that for that long. I don't like being cooped up too much. I'm a, I'm free. I'm a free man, Paul. Like a bird. I like to spread my wings and fly. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Well, the sun.co.uk reports that the Sierra Leone Football Association, and when I say football, I mean soccer. Right. The, uh, the Sierra Leone Football Association has launched an investigation into two first division matches that finished with scorelines of 91 to 1. What? And 95 to 0. Yeah, I don't know much about soccer or football, whatever the hell you want to call it, but uh, <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to score that high traditionally. Nope. The West African country's soccer governing body said it was investigating officials and players who were involved in the two fixtures. In one, Gulf FC defeated Kolkima, Lebanon, 91-1. to And in the other, Lumbenbu United were beaten 95-0 to by Kahula Rangers. The SLFA said the results were impractical and promised zero tolerance of any match manipulation. A statement said in compliance with FIFA and CAF rules against match manipulation or anything of sort, SLFA maintains zero tolerance. I like that someone thought they'd get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least give the other team like 20 or something. <laughs> Just so it maybe looks like they tried a little bit. Well, 
I'll listen to this. The highest is thought to have occurred in Madagascar, the highest score that is, in 2002 when A.S. Adima beat Esso Lemrian. That's a weird name. These sound like boats, by the way. I know. I know. It's very, very nautically themed over there with these soccer teams. 149 to zero was the uh, outcome of that match. 149 to zero? <laughs> Uh, that must have been tampered too. Come on, what's going on here? It's only ninety minutes in a in a in a match plus your extra time. Can you even score one hundred forty nine times in ninety minutes? I don't know. No, you can't. Well, it's possible. No, it's not. Yeah, it I is. Think it is. You just have to have the ball all the time and just continually go to the net. Yes, yeah, thirty <laughs> seconds. I mean, by the way, I'm shocked. I've never heard of cheating in soccer. I mean, this is this must be new. No, of course not. Usually, it's such a morally uh, morally sound game. The beautiful game. The beautiful game. The beautiful cheat. The beautiful lie. Beautifully rigged. After <laughs> it's beautifully rigged. Yeah. All right. All right. How many more you got? I have one more. Great. It is cold as fuck in this root cellar. Let me tell you. Well, if you had a little bit more than 20 grand, you could have afforded to warm up this way, Paul. From ScottishFinancialReview.com. Everyone's favorite website. <laughs> I know I'm a subscriber. A cask of rare scotch whiskey has sold for 16 million pounds, not even dollars, Paul, especially not Canadian dollars, Right. No. to a private collector in Asia, smashing the previous world record of 1 million pounds, according to a story in London newspaper, The Financial Times, which I probably should have visited for this story instead of Scottish Financial Review. No, no, no. It's better to go to this. Was it the Scotch? Scottish? financialreview.com to reviews all things uh scottish that are financial things yeah they're good the single malt which dates to november 1975 was produced at the 207 year old artebeg distillery on the island of isley uh the 16 million dollar cask uh known as cask number three sold for more than double the price that artebeg's owner glenmore my Glenmorangie Co., a subsidiary of LVMH, paid for the distillery and all of its stock in 1997. Well, London newspaper said that 88 bottles priced at about 36,000 pounds each will be drawn from the cask each year for the next five years and delivered to the Asian whiskey enthusiast. I read up on him too. This guy has, oh, I've seen his, his like his basement. All of it is just whiskey, scotch, all the good things. It's just everything's behind glass. Dude, oh, dude's a multi-billionaire, I think. I just want to point out that this is actually, like history just happened on the Rewind, okay? Which is to say that Nathan actually went and did extra research on a story. Yeah, you're right. Completely stupid story about alcohol and something no one cares about, but Nathan actually went out of his way to do additional research on something, which means he read the story all the way through <laughs> before reading it. And actually went and did additional work. It's a shame that it's such a fucking pointless story. <laughs> One of my favorite stories done for a while. And that is your opinion, which you are entitled to. Much like I would prefer a fresh bourbon to an old bourbon. No, no, that, no, you're wrong. No, you need the old stuff. I've been having old potatoes all day. They're not good. I want a fresh potato now. You can make vodka out of that. No. I'll come over. We can like make a distillery thing, a still. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna come down to the to the summer home. Yeah, sweet. We'll make a still in the back of your uh, back of the room there. All right. We can make our own vodka. What would you call it if you and I got together? 
we made vodka. What would you call it? A mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> thank you, audience. Once again, another show has come and gone. We appreciate everyone waiting the couple extra weeks, but we were on vacation. What are you going to do? Yeah. We need time off too. Even with our truncated schedule of releases, even we still need time off to recuperate and buy uh, root sellers. You know, I don't think I ever learned things on these shows. Yeah, I don't think you did either. That's what makes this what it is. And I don't know what it is, but it is something. How long have we been doing this for again? 15 years. That's a long time. And that 15 years bought me this root seller, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> with what? Hold on. Are you saying that you've had money come into you from this show to help you afford a root seller? There's no point. You know, yeah, listen, Nathan, I don't like to talk about money. You know, that's uh, uncouth. I went- so, at I Love the Rewind is where you can find us on Twitter. If you uh, want to let us know uh, any stories that we should be covering, you can send them there. You can also find us on at Stop Lying to Nate. You can find us at Apple Podcasts, at Amazon Podcasts, on Stitcher, on, uh, I don't know, a whole bunch of them. Basically, wherever a podcast is, we're there, with the exception of one place. You can figure that out for yourself. Subscribe. Tell a friend if you liked it. Let them know. It's good for them to subscribe as well, because that's what pays for more root sellers. Yeah, see? If Nathan wants a root seller, then goddamn it, you're going to have to get more people to subscribe for him to get his root seller. This show's cost me like a hundred dollars. All right, look at me. Look at me. I'm having the time of my life here. Get out! (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next month. I hope so.